Good morning. Happy New Year. Year. Will you stand with us? Let's sing the only name that matters to me.
Thank you so much, praise team. Good morning, Kavanaugh Church family, and happy new year. Y'all made it. We're so proud of you. Is everyone doing good? All right, let me go ahead and ask. Let's, let's get this out of the way. How many of you stayed up till midnight and did the whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I barely made it, all right? There was one person in our entire household that was motivated and super excited to do it, and that was our seven-year-old, Jedediah, all right? And guess what? I was, the, I was the one that took one for the team and, and trucked along with them, all right? Shawnee and the other two were out, and I was drinking, chugging coffee like crazy, playing Mario, slapping my face, doing everything that I possibly could just to make my child happy, all right? So, but man, it's so good, and, and those memories are great, and again, we're so thankful that you're here on this New Year's Day. Um, January is the, is the time of year that we, we like to think that is the best time to recalibrate, to reprioritize, to, to make new goals, and, and, and to achieve great things, um, plan great things throughout the year. Um, but one of those, and, and all that is great, but one of the things that we really are praying for, uh, for you guys, and, and we hope that you are passionate about, is being in that passionate pursuit for God's will and plan for your life. And the best way to start it off is with here together, our church family, on that journey. And we're so excited to have you. So again, thank you for joining us today, especially if you're a guest. Um, there's a little uh, connect card in the chair back in front of you. We'd love for you to fill that out, and, and we'd love to meet you right after service and to connect with you and tell you all about what's going on here at Kavanaugh. We love you guys. We are praying for you. And, and uh, again, we are excited to have you here this morning. So I would love to invite you uh, to stand. We're going to ask God's anointing on our services today. Let's pray. Lord, again, I thank you so much for bringing us together here as a church family. Lord, you have something in store for us today that is really awesome. And Lord, we can't wait to hear all about it. So as our pastor brings the message this morning, help him to be able to speak clearly and, 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 and give it, to speak clearly everything that you've given him this past week um, and prepared for us, God. Lord, prepare our hearts. Let us, be, let us be open to what you have to say today and let us have fun in listening to you. In your name, amen. Turn around, greet everyone around you, and we'll get started.
glorious day. And as we, Happy New Year, first of all. Everybody good? Yeah. Yes. Thanking the Lord for new opportunities, right? And a new chance to start over. And keep, that's kind of what we do. We reflect on our past, on what happened last year and the years before. And we project what's going to happen or what we'd like to happen in the new year, right? Um, and for some of us, we look back in the past and it's a pretty big mess. You know, when we we're writing our story and, and we cannot go back and rewrite a single page of what has happened in the past. And so there's no sense in spending our energy, uh, our time, our emotions on what's behind, right? But we can write something different in the future, yes, because of the glorious day when he called our name and we came up out of that grave. So I want to encourage those of you this morning that maybe have drifted this last year and maybe you've just uh, gotten away from the Father. Come back to him today. Come back home. For those of you that have never invited Jesus as your Savior, it's a perfect day, a brand new year, a brand new day. Let us introduce you to the God who saves.
that we are allowed to come before you this morning in another day, another year, and another worship service. And I pray, God, that not one second of this new year, 2023, goes to waste, but that we are purposeful and that we are intentional and that we are allowing you to guide and direct us as we go among the world, God. We know we are called to be salt and light, and I pray, God, that if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you today, that today, it's the perfect day. It's a new year to have you as their personal Savior. I'm so thankful for your word. I'm so thankful for your spirit, and I'm so thankful that you're allowed to come into this place and to move among us because we know, God, that it's you that changes things. It's you that changes me. It's you that changes this world, but it all starts from within, from with me, from an each and every one that's in here. And once again, God, I pray that as we finish out this service that you would give the words to Brother Will, that he would speak to our hearts and that we could be mindful and that we could open our minds and our eyes and our ears and hear exactly what it is you would want us to hear today. And once again, God, I'm so thankful for you and for all that you've done. And it's in your sweet name, Jesus, I pray these things. Great job, praise team. Give them a big hand, would you? They do such a great job. Man, new, new day, new year. Now, I, I don't I'm getting old and I forget things, but isn't this a special day for you guys? It is, isn't it? It's like your anniversary. Jason, you're, you're smarter than the average bear, man. You get married on New Year's Day, so you never forget the anniversary, right? But 23. 23 years. They're celebrating 23 years. Give them a big hand. That's awesome. Man, I love the new year. What, what a great day to have Sunday on the new year of 2023. Our family's been blessed this week with a new baby. We had a brand new baby. Whitney, Whitney had the third child, Julia Kate. She's absolutely gorgeous, just as pretty as she can be. Looks like her mama and her grandmama Lolo. So, I'm trying to score as many brownie points as I can today, so. Welcome to our New Year's service. I'm going to preach from a single verse today, Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. Uh, as you're turning there, waiting for it to pop up on the screen, in the book of Hosea, God sends the prophet Hosea to Israel during the reign of King Jeroboam II to communicate God's despair over their perpetual idol worship and their complete dependence upon other nations instead of God Almighty. Hosea declares unless they repent of these sins, God will allow their nation to be destroyed and the people will be taken into captivity by the Assyrians who were the mightiest nation on the earth at that time. So there's a lot of gloom and doom. There's a lot of hard preaching and hard prophesying on the part of our prophet Hosea in his little book. However, Hosea doesn't concentrate on that, that hard preaching. What he concentrates on is God's unending love for his people. 
And I want to communicate that to you today as we start this new year. God loves you. God loves you more than anyone else. God made you. God has a plan for your life, and God wants you to succeed. Now, many of us, like the Israelites, have turned our backs on God. We've gone our own way. We're doing our own thing, and God is calling us back. And today, he may be calling you back into fellowship and a relationship with him. And sometimes in, in that, in that call back, you've got to hear some hard things, and I've got to preach hard to you. And I may do that a little bit today, but I want you to know the motivation behind it is God's love. And so in all of this hard preaching in the book of Hosea, we come to a jewel. It's a diamond that is found in Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. I'm going to read it today out of the Good News translation. I said, who's saying that? God said. God said, plow new ground for yourselves. Plant righteousness and reap the blessings that your devotion to me will produce. It is time for you to turn to me, your Lord, and I will come and pour out blessings on you. Now, I don't know about you, but I want the blessings of God on my life, my family, and this church. How about you? Sure we do. So what do we need to do? We need to plow up some new ground. We need to plant righteousness and we need to reap what God has for us to do, his blessings on our life. Heavenly Father, I pray a blessing on this sermon and this service. I pray that you would do something new in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's pretend just for a moment it's, it's just me and you. We're in your living room having a Coke or some coffee and we're just talking. And, and I ask you this question. What new thing are you going to do in 2023? What is the new thing you're going to do this new year? Now, you can keep doing the same old stuff that you've been doing and get the same old results that you've always had, or you can do something new, like plowing up some new ground. I, I like that word new because that's what today is. Today is a new day, and this is a new year. In 2023, I can guarantee you that you will face some new pressures, you will face some new problems, but you will also face some new possibilities. I can guarantee that. New pressures, new problems, oh, really preacher, but along with it, new possibilities. So how do you make it? How do you cope? How do you succeed with these new pressures? these new problems, these new possibilities. Well, there are three character qualities that are indispensable for 2023. Three biblical character qualities God wants you to be developing in 2023. They are conviction, creativity, and courage. Conviction, creativity, and courage. Now, let me couple those with the new pressures and new problems new possibilities. Three things I want you to get today. Number one, new pressures will require on your part conviction. What is conviction? Conviction is a willingness to stand up for what you believe. You don't cave in to the culture. You don't give in to society or popular opinion. You know, every year at this time, magazines come up with the list of what's in and what's out as if I'm going to judge my life by what People magazine say. 
but over half of our population do. No, we don't need to cave into that. We need to stand on what we believe. I love Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You know this verse, do not be conformed to this world. Here's, here's what it says in Philip's translation. Don't let this world squeeze you into its mold, but let God make you as your whole attitude of mind is changed. Because here's the thing, there are going to be a lot of pressures on you this year, new pressures on your life. Materialism, it presses in against us every day. Sexual, sexuality, the, the pressure to lower your standards. But I'm here to tell you, church, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. So before you get too far into 2023, I suggest maybe this afternoon that you just sit down and write out what values are important to you. Write out the things that you would literally die for. I grew up in the 70s and 80s. I was born in 1961, but I can remember in the 80s there was a popular song that boasted, I'm a man without conviction. What we need in 2023 are men and women of conviction. Men and women who are not wishy-washy. We need some people who are willing to say, I don't care if everybody else is doing it. It's not right. And I am not going to get caught up in this materialistic binge. I'll do what is right, and I will not allow the world to squeeze me into their mold. I'm going to stand on my convictions, my values that are based on the Word of God. Now, why is that important? Why is it important for you to have convictions and values? Because the world is going to put its squeeze on you. And you're going to face pressures, new pressures, in 2023 like you've never faced before. And again, yes, they are coming from our culture, from our world, but they're also coming from within. There are movements in the Christian scene right now that would push you away from your convictions and your values. I don't know why, but lately I've been caught up in studying what is known as progressive Christianity. Have you heard that phrase, progressive Christianity or progressive theology? As I've studied it, I, I don't know that there's anything really new about it. It reminds me of Gnosticism in the New Testament or, or when I was growing up, the, the liberal theology that was being preached. But back in 1996, an Episcopal priest by the name of James Rowe Adams invented or came up with progressive Christianity. It's a, it's a new twist on the church and on church life. And as I've studied what they believe, here, here is my assessment. Number one, they have lowered the value of the Bible or the Word of God. Now, we believe this is the infallible, inerrant, inspired Word of God. We believe that it is true from cover to cover. We believe that the canon of Scripture is closed, that you can't add anything to this book or take anything from this book. But progressive Christianity believes this book is, is fluid, it's like liquid, it's, it's ever-changing according to our culture. They believe that feelings are emphasized over facts. You can get into big trouble when you start thinking that. 
Essential doctrines are open for reinterpretation. Historical terms are redefined. And the gospel shifts from sin and redemption to social justice. I was reading a paper written by a Baptist theologian, and and he says at at the bottom of progressive Christianity, here's what is going on. They have really lowered their view of Jesus Christ. Now, we believe Jesus is the divine Son of God, Savior of the world. We believe that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven, that it is only his blood that can cleanse us and remove our sins. We believe that Jesus is deity, that he's God's son, that we are to worship and adore him. I'm waiting for you to say amen because Jesus is central in this church. Jesus is the only way to heaven. We didn't say that. He said that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father except through me. But progressive Christianity has lowered the deity of Jesus Christ. They say that Jesus was a good moral teacher. And we are to emulate his teachings, his lifestyle. We are to be moral, but they stop right there. They don't say he is the only way to heaven. And because of that, they focus on moralism, not salvation. I mean, if, if Jesus is simply a good moral example, we don't need him to save us from our sins. All we need to do is be good moral people. And so you just be good enough. You be, you be nice to your neighbor. You take care of this world that God has made. You love animals and dogs, and you're going to be okay. Now, here's what happens. When you lower your view of Jesus Christ and take away his deity, when you elevate your own moral goodness, what that does is downplays our fallenness. You will never hear the word sin mentioned in a progressive Christianity church because they've, they've basically outlawed the word. They've taken sin out of the equation. Just be good, and you'll be okay. It's not hard to find information on progressive Christianity or their theology. Their core values are on the internet. I'm not going to read them verbatim, but there are five core values, and I'll I'll just kind of give you the gist of them. Core value number one, Jesus is our model to follow. Now, I would agree with that to a certain point, but they take the deity out of Jesus. He's he's not going to save you from your sins because you really don't have any sins. He's just a good moral example to follow. Core value number two, they seek inclusiveness. They specifically point out the LBGTQ community, gender identity and gender preferences. They ordain homosexual men and lesbian women, and they are very inclusive in their fellowships. Their third core value is social justice. Did you pick up a while ago when when I said they have reduced redemption and in its place they are emphasizing social justice that, that everyone be treated the same. Number four, their fourth core value is you protect the earth. And I'll let you just go with that one. But number five is is to me the key in understanding their mindset. Core value number five. They place more value in questioning 
than they do in absolutes. So let's question everything in this book. Why? Because absolute truth does not exist. You're probably wondering, preacher, why in the world have you ranted and raved for five minutes on this progressive Christianity? Because it has infiltrated all of Christianity. Progressive Christianity has taken over several mainline denominations, not just churches, but entire denominations. It has crept into conservative churches like Assembly of Gods and Baptist churches. And there are many churches in the River Valley right here in Fort Smith who identify with progressive Christianity and they follow this theology and this doctrine. I would dare to say that you know people, perhaps you work with them or they live on your street, who have sold themselves or bought in completely to this mindset of progressive Christianity. And what's wrong with that? Well, it may sound good, but it's heresy. And so this pressure is going to be on you and your family to say, oh, they're okay. No, it's not okay. You you need to have conviction of your own values and be willing to stand up for the truth in a very loving way, but you, you stand for the truth. And and, and you see right there, 40 years ago, that would have given me a a round of applause for that. We're afraid to even say amen to that because it has been crammed down our throats. Back off, back off. Don't say anything offensive. Can I tell you, this book is offensive. Uh, Let me read something to you. Shane Pruitt wrote this. He's the uh, missions director of evangelism for Southern Baptists in Texas. He said, when the world is screaming about things like sexuality and gender, but the church remains silent, then a whole generation only hears one worldview. The church must be loving, yes, but it can't be silent. When the Bible speaks on things, we must teach the next generation what it says. Amen? And can I tell you, that takes conviction. Where where do you get strength to do that? I mean, where do you find the courage to stand like that? Well, I think you find it in two places. Number one, you find it in God's presence. Where you get alone with God every day and you become his child, his disciple, his follower. Can I tell you something? You can't get very close to God without becoming holy as God is holy. He's holy, and he wants us to be holy. In fact, the Bible says without holiness, no one will see God. So I can guarantee you this. If you spend time every single day with God, if, if you become God's child and you're living with God and loving God and fellowshipping with God, you're going to be a person of conviction because he's, he's your all in all. And you're going to stand for what he teaches and what he believes. So you get courage to stand for your convictions in God's presence. But you also get it in God's word. 
This is what feeds our mind. This, this is what makes us cognitive and helps us to understand what truth is. So when we hear heresy and the wrong things being taught, we can, we can process in our own mind, well, that's not what the Word of God says. And the only way you're going to know the Word of God is when you spend time in God's Word. Now, I want to applaud all of you who, uh, who followed the challenge from last year. Can you remember, it's been 365 days ago, but can you remember our, our challenge for 22? Read it through in 22. That we read through the Bible in the year 2022. That's not a new motto with me. Uh, my pastor, when I was a little boy, E.E. E. Zellers, challenged the Westside Free Will Baptist Church to do that. Dad, it was in 1962. I remember that challenge like it was yesterday. I was one year old. I, I don't remember him saying it. I was in church the day he said it, I'm sure. But, but I know that because my dad has lived it. Since 1962, he's read the Bible through every year. How many times has he read the Bible? A lot. 60 times. Sixty times. My, my dad may not be a theologian, but he knows the Word of God. And the way you learn the Word of God is by reading the Word of God. So I've come up with a new one for this year. Read it with me in 23. Okay? Now that's not original. I'd, I'd like to say that's original, but it's not. Uh, last week, Wally Bailey caught me after service. Wally and Lynette are both sick, so they're not here today. Wally, if you're watching, I'm giving you credit for this. He said, do you have a new motto for this, this new year? I said, no, Wally, I'm, I'm totally dry. He said, well, God gave me this last week, and so I'm going to give it to you. Read it with me in 23. So will you take that challenge? Let's read the Bible together in 23 so that we can know the Word of God and have convictions and values based on the Word of God. Let me read something else to you. I, have have y'all noticed that I'm not wearing glasses? I had surgery, cataract surgery. And so now my vision is all messed up. Used to, I could see it close but not far away. Now, I don't have to have glasses and I can see far away. I can see you. So yeah, uh-oh, uh-oh. But it's messed me up. I can't see close up. So when I, when I pull this thing out, I have to put these, these readers on. I'm not going to tell you how that makes me feel. But let me, let me read that. Now I can't see. You're all a blur right now. But I can see this. I got this yesterday from one of our church members. This has been my first time reading the Bible all the way through. And although I expected it to make a difference in my daily walk, I can honestly say that it has changed my life. Over the past year, God's Word has slowly imprinted on my heart, and I don't regret a minute of it. Just like my sobriety, it's part of who I am now, a daily routine. Reading the Bible isn't just something to be checked off of a bucket list anymore. It's part of a lifelong relationship. Where we get to engage with the God of the universe every day for the rest of our lives. Isn't that fantastic? 
That, that was written by Jason Armstrong. Thank you. Here, I'm just going to say this publicly. You need to write a book, dude. God's blessed you with, with the ability to perceive, to see, and to write. Let's encourage Jason to write a book, all right? That, I think it's fantastic. But I have seen the difference that it's made in your life. It does make a difference. You're listening to God every single day. Church, listen to me. New pressures are going to require conviction. What is the difference between a conviction and an opinion? An opinion is something you'll argue about. And some of you love to do that. But a conviction is something you would die for. What convictions are going to hold you up with the new pressures that come in 2023. New pressures require conviction. Friend, you need to know what you stand for, what you believe, and are willing to pass that down to your kids and your grandkids. Number two, new problems will require creativity. The bad news is you're going to have more problems this new year. The good news is they probably won't be the same problems you had last year. You're going to get a whole new set of problems. Most of us have no idea the problems that are coming down the pike. But new problems will require new solutions. Perhaps the old ways of thinking and relating and attitudes, they may not work because right now we're going to have, we're going to have new problems, problems we've never faced before. I can just say from, from my own personal experience, the past four years have created such new and diverse problems in my life that on my own there is no way I could have figured out an answer to the problems we have faced over the past four years. I've been trained in the best theological seminary that's available to mankind, but they did not train me for the problems we faced over the past four years. So I had to do some creative thinking, some new thinking. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 15, out of the Living Bible, the intelligent man is always open to new ideas. In fact, he's looking for them. I'll explain that in a moment. Do, do you know anybody who has a closed mind? They say stuff like that. Oh, we tried that before. And I've heard all these in church before. Or it costs too much. We've never done it before. That's not our problem. You're right, but you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, let's form a committee. That's, that's the best way to kill it right there, just form a committee. Let's sleep on it. It's too much trouble to change, it's impossible. We've always done it this way. Have you heard those? Maybe you've said them. Here's what I found out. People spend more time and energy trying to get around problems than they do in just solving the problems. You say, well, I'm, I'm not creative. I, I disagree with that. You are creative. You are made by the creator. You're creative. I, I think our, our biggest block with these new problems is the gray matter between our ears and our attitudes. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, Paul addressed this. He said, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 
and put on the new man, which was created according to God. Your attitude must be constantly changing as you are putting on the mind of Christ. Because can I tell you something? God doesn't see things the way the world sees things. And the answers that the world would give may be totally opposite than the answer God will give. So as you put on the mind of Christ, let me tell you, your attitudes will begin to change. I heard about this old man who was 105 years old who was being interviewed on the Today Show. They said, in 105 years, I bet you've seen a whole lot of change. To which he said, yep, and I've been against every one of them. Can I tell you, in in 2023, you cannot have hardening of the attitudes. You've got to keep going. I don't care how old you are, you've got to keep growing. You've got to keep developing. A great theologian once said that attitudes are like diapers. Every once in a while, they need to be changed or the place starts to stink. You need a new mind, and God can give you that new mind. You need a new attitude, and Christ can develop that inside of you. You need new ways of looking at things, new solutions for new problems that are coming along. Have you ever noticed that easy tasks become difficult when you have a bad attitude? In 2023, you can't control all the things that are going to happen to you. You can't even control the direction of the wind, can you? No, but you can set your sail and catch the wind. You can't control the problems, but you can choose how you respond to those new problems that come your way. New problems will require creativity on your part. Where do we get that creativity? It's found in Philippians 2.5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You put on the mind of Christ. Here's, Here's what, just personally, here's what I do when I'm facing a new problem and I don't have the answer for it. I'll come into this room. Now, I could do this anywhere. I could do it in my home. I could do it in my office. I could do it in my truck. I could do it in my man cave. But I like coming in here to do it. And I'll just come down to this altar right here, usually somewhere on that end, and I will kneel down, and I'll just, here, it's a biblical thing, I'll just lay it before the Lord. Lord, here's the problem we're facing. Whether it's a personal difficulty, a family trial, or a church problem, I'll just lay it out before the Lord. Lord, here's the problem, and Lord, I don't know what to do. I need your help. I need wisdom. Did you know it's biblical that if you ask for wisdom, God's going to give you wisdom? That's what the Bible says. And so I lay it out before the Lord and I ask his wisdom. I put on the mind of Christ, Billy. I think, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond to this? And because I have spent time with God every day and his holiness is rubbing off on me, I have spent time in his word developing my mind and understanding scripture that as I pray and lay it out before the Lord, he gives me a solution. And God, let me tell you, he does it every time. He comes through every time. So with the problems you face this new year, 
get creative, put on the mind of Christ. That brings me to number three, new possibilities will require courage. This year is going to be full of wonderful plans, great things that God has done for you. I, really, I don't know of a more exciting time to live. You might say, well, you're crazy. It's, it's horrible right now. The economy stinks. The political scene is awful. What do you mean we're being persecuted as a, as a church? What do you, well, you know what? God comes through in tough times. And, and, and I believe that during these tough times, the church is either going to collapse or it's going to grow. And I want to be a part of a growing church. I, I believe God has great things for us. There are great possibilities. God wants to do great things in your life this year. But it's, listen to me, it's not going to happen automatically. You've got to step out in faith. There is an element of risk. Let me go back to our key verse, Hosea 10, 12. I said, God is saying this. Plow new ground for yourselves, plant righteousness, and reap the blessings that your devotion to me will produce. It is time for you to turn to me, your Lord, and I will come and pour out a blessing on you. Now, how many of you would like God to pour out a blessing on you? in 2023 there it is if you want this year to count in your life you've got to do some cultivating friend you've got to plow plant and reap that's what the verse says so what are you planning to harvest in 2023 in 364 days from today how are you going to be different than you are right now if you plan to have differences in your life a year from now, you've got Right now. There it is. When that happens, we're just testing you to see if you're still with us. You need to cultivate some new habits. You need to cultivate some new relationships. You need to cultivate some new activities. Because it's not just automatic, it's not just going to automatically happen. It reminds me of when I was in college, that, that friend of mine who stayed in my dorm room with me. We were dorm mates. He, he never studied for his test. He believed in, in putting the book under the pillow and through osmosis, it would just filtrate into his brain for the, it never worked because right? it doesn't just happen that way. If you're going to be any different a year from now or at the end of this year, you've got to start cultivating right now. What do I want different in my family? What do I want different in my finances? What do I want different in my daily walk with Jesus Christ? What do I want different in my relationship to my kids and my grandkids? You've got to start cultivating now. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. If you don't sow anything, guess what? You're not going to reap anything. What is it you need to start cultivating today in your life? Think that out. What do I want to see in my life down the road that I need to start on today? As I was thinking about this, my, my mind went back to something I'd heard years ago. It's the 100-hour rule. You know this? It's based on the 10,000-hour rule in reduced form. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Really? Oh, you'll know when I 
tell you what it is. It, it's a hundred hour thing. And I, I don't know if I follow it hook, line, and sinker, but I think there's some, some validation to it here. If you spend 100 hours on any discipline, on any subject, on anything, after the 100 hours spent learning this discipline or learning this subject, you will be more proficient at that thing than 95% of the world's population. The 100-hour rule. It, it comes out to about 17 minutes a day in a year's time. So let's just say in 2023, you, you, want to, uh, you want to learn how to play a guitar. You've always had a desire. You got a little bit of music ability to you, but you never played the guitar and you want to learn to play the guitar. You spend 17 minutes a day, every day, taking lessons and practicing. And at the end of the year, you will be more proficient in playing the guitar than 95% of the world. Because let me, let me just break it down like this. How many of you right now can even play the guitar? Raise your hand. Can you See, there's not many in here that can play it. But that's how this thing works. But you'll be better at it than 95% of the people. Now, you're not going to be as good as Eric is because you've spent your whole life playing it. But you'll know something. You'll know some basic chords. You, you'll be able to play better than 95% of the people. The 100-hour rule, 17 minutes a day. If you want to be a world-class cowboy action shooter, 17 minutes a day. Working on transitions, how to maneuver guns, how to shoot guns. You, you can do it. Because let me tell you, most people won't commit to doing that every day for 17 minutes. Let's talk about spiritual disciplines maybe you, what if what if just what if you spent 17 minutes a day studying the book of acts for the entire year you would be proficient in the book of acts or what about this what if for 17 minutes a day you studied soul winning witnessing sharing your faith you read booklets and, and pamphlets and books and, and papers on it, but not only reading about it to gain knowledge, you actually went out and practiced every day. Part of your 17 minutes was sharing your faith with somebody and being a witness of, I guarantee you by the end of the year, you would have probably led at least one person to Christ, if not many. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? You've got, to put, you've got to decide, okay, I'm going to do this, and then you actually do it. Notice it says plow new ground. Don't plow up the same old ground. Don't do the same old thing that you've always been doing. Plow some new ground up. What it means is this, step out in faith. Don't be afraid to go out on a limb because that's where the fruit is. Plow new ground. That involves courage. New possibilities require courage. I can tell you this, it's risky to try anything new. It's much, it's much safer to stay with the familiar. Number one, with cheese, mayonnaise, pickles, and tomatoes. That's, my, that's what I order at Whataburger. For you, it's new. I've been eating Whataburger since I was a kid down in Texas. So anyway, anyway. But it's safe to stay with the familiar. 
Notice the results of plowing new ground, of being courageous. Here's what the verse says. Plow new ground for yourselves. Plant righteousness and reap the blessings your devotion to me will produce. God says, you'll reap a blessing from me if you're devoted to me. And then he goes on to say, it's time for you to turn to me, your Lord, and I will come and pour out blessing on you. So I dare you, I double dog dare you to do something with your life this year. Get off the bench and get into the game. Make your life count. Isn't it about time to let the Lord start blessing your life? You say, well, how do I do that, preacher? Well, you plow some new ground. You step out in faith and take a risk. You say, God, I'm, I'm going to do it this year. I'm, I'm going for it. I'm going to live for you. This year is going to be my year of dedication to you. And God says, I want to bless your life. Just go out there and plow some new ground, man. Now, what would hold you back from doing that? Maybe a couple of things. Maybe you might say, well, my, my past is holding me back. I mean, I've blown it. I've blown it. God could never use somebody like me. Because of my past, I should, I should never expect anything from God. Baloney. Isaiah 43, 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. I'll do a new thing, God says. So you've blown it in the past. Well, seek forgiveness, cleansing. He'll forgive you and do something new with your life. Don't keep dwelling on the past. Don't keep dwelling on that hurt, that relationship, that difficulty, that failure, that tragedy. Don't cling to the past. Don't dwell on it. God says, I want to do something new in your life. Can I tell you this? New possibilities require courage. Some of you say, well, you know, God's just been so good to me. He's blessed my life so much. It's not fair for me to ask for any more blessings. I've already lived a full, wonderful life, and it's been great. I, I shouldn't expect anything else from God. Again, I say baloney. God is saying to you, what I've done in the past can't even compare with what I want to do. Good news is the best is yet to come. Look at me. If you're a believer, your best days are ahead of you. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ and have a relationship with God you never need to fear the future. Never. I, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. We don't have to be afraid of it. In fact, as Christians, all of our days, our best days, are ahead of us. It's kind of like a marriage. When I got married, uh, it was at the Norman First Free Will Baptist Church. Joe Grizzle married Angie and I. I said, I do. Jason, remember that? You, I do, I do, I was so in love. That was a once for all commitment. You know what that, you know what that I do did? It made me married. Yeah. But that was 40 years ago. This year, 2023 will mark 40 years, Miss Angie. You don't even look 40 years old, babe. 40 years ago. It, it, listen to me. If I was still living on the I do that I said back then, we wouldn't have a very strong relationship today. 
I've learned more and more what the meaning of commitment is the longer that I've been married. And I can say to this church and to Miss Angie, I am more committed to my wife today than I was 40 years ago. The main mistake that many people make is they think the decision that they made back then is just going to carry them on. When was the last time you updated your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ? Last year's commitment was great. It's wonderful. I'm glad that you made that commitment. But it's not good for this year. There's going to be new problems, new pressures, new possibilities. I can't think of a better place or time for you to update your commitment than right now. And say, Lord, I I renew my commitment to you. I gave the first service this same challenge. and, And I was amazed at the people who came down and presented their bodies as living sacrifices to God and, and, and grabbed a hold of that new commitment and, and recommitted their life to Jesus. Right, right down here was, a, was an elderly gentleman. I, I don't know exactly how old he is, but he's in his 80s, probably pushing 90s. And I could hear him praying out loud. He said, Lord, I renew my commitment. I recommit my life to you. I want to be all that I can be for you this new year. And I was saying, yes. That's what we all need to do. Whether we're 15 or 95, we need to recommit our lives to the Lord. We need a deeper commitment than we've ever had. Why? Because this year we're going to face new problems. They're coming. New pressures. It's going to be heated up. New possibilities. Yes. You can't do it on your own. You need God. If you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, I I invite you to come today and receive Jesus as your Messiah, your King, your Redeemer. We believe He's the only way to heaven. We believe He is the Savior of the world. And we believe that if you want to go to heaven, you've got to receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord. You do that by admitting you're a sinner, by believing Jesus can save you, and confessing him as Lord of your life. If you've never done that, I can't think of a better day to do it than today. And for the rest of us, hey, let's step it up a notch. Let's recommit our lives to the Lord. Let's present our bodies today as living sacrifices to him. Let's plow up some new ground. Let's plant some righteousness And let's reap the blessing he wants to bring to our life. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would do something amazing, amazing in this service now. As we give this public invitation, I pray that people would come and and they would pray publicly, asking you for help facing these new pressures, these new problems, these new possibilities. I pray that they would come and ask for conviction Conviction, dear Lord, in their own heart so that they can, they can stand for what is true and valid, that you would make them creative to come up with solutions to the new problems they're going to face and for them to have courage, Lord, to live their life for you. Do something awesome in this place and in our lives. Change us, mold us, make us into the people that you want us to be. 
And may all praise, honor, and glory go to you. Would you stand? And as soon as you stand up, why don't you step out? We're doing it without music because those people who do the music are praying right now. That's okay, isn't it? Why don't you come and join them? And in the silence of this moment, why don't you pray that prayer of rededication to God? Lord, I give you everything. Hold nothing back for myself. Lord, I can't think of any other place I'd rather be than than right here with my family, my brothers and sisters. And Lord, I want your blessings on their lives. I, I want you to just pour out blessings on Kavanaugh Church. But I know for that to happen, we've we've got to be obedient to you. We've got to plow up some new ground plant some righteousness and then reap your blessings Lord I pray that we would do this individually and as families and as a church Lord there are people at the altar and even there in their chairs just pouring out their hearts to you and telling you what they need from you today and I know that you are the all sufficient Savior would you reach down and just touch us in a way you only can. Help us, dear Lord. And I pray that this new year be the best year that we've ever had before. Thank you, Jesus. We ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. God's awesome. Amen? Amen. Thanks for being here today. Uh, when you walk out of the room, if you're a church member, drop your offering off in one of those black boxes. If you're a guest, uh, please fill out one of those Connect cards, take it to the Connect counter, and we'll give you a gift, all right? Wednesday night, we have uh, services and classes for all ages, so come back at 7 on Wednesday. Here in a couple of weeks uh, on Wednesday night, January the 18th, we're going to have this big chili supper. We, we haven't done this in several years, but we're going to do it again this year. The proceeds, let me tell you, are going to our Puerto Rico mission trip. And so it's a chili supper. Uh, on the far walls, a table set up, you can buy chili supper tickets. I think it's going to start like at 6 o'clock. And uh, $10 for all the chili you can eat. 
If you've got a big family, a family deal, $40 for as many kids as you got. So if you got 12 kids, it'd be a bargain, all right? So that's for the supper. And then following the suppers is pie auction. All the proceeds go to the mission strip as well. But here's the, here's the kicker. If you want to make chili and enter it into the chili competition, because there is an award given for the best chili, you can sign up on one of the iPads out there. It's all going to happen here in a couple of weeks on Wednesday night. Talk to one of us if you have more questions. Uh, congrats again to those who read it through in 22. Let me, you don't do this, let me give you a hand, all right, for reading it through in 22. I know that it changed your life just like it did for Brother Jason. So join me in 23. Read it with me in 23. Say that with me, okay, on three, one, two, three. Read it with me in 23. Say it again. Read it with me in 23. That means you've got to start reading today because we're going to read every single day and try to catch my dad because this is year 61 for him, all right? Hey, my daughter Whitney did have a baby. Uh, Julia Kate was born this week, and she is absolutely beautiful. It looks just like her mama and her grandmama and her big sister. She's just absolutely beautiful. Uh, keep praying for Whitney and pray for Angie and I because uh, we've taken the other two into our home for the last several days. And uh, oh boy, I was sitting on the recliner yesterday watching some football and Angie, had, she was cooking, she was taking care of Ella Jane, Archie doing all kinds of stuff. And she just stopped and looked at me and she said, not much has changed, has it? <laughs> Ooh, man. I, yeah, I did get up and do the dishes after that. So I, out of conviction more than anything else. Hey, y'all pray for Pat Biggerstaff. He fell yesterday and broke his hip. And he's in surgery right now, so pray for, pray for Pat, all right? Let's pray for each other. Hope you have a great day. Stay out of trouble. Get out of here.